we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm Sam Walker. She, of course, is the one and only Miss Simone Roche. Hello to you. Hello to you. Um, a uh, happy three nominations, Miss Walker. Oh my gosh, goodness me! Would well, you know what? What an incredible week it has been, and we have to blow our own trumpet because we're never very good at blowing our own <laughs> trumpet. Toot toot toot! Who? We have been nominated. The Northern Power Women podcast has been nominated in the business section of the British Podcast Awards 2020. Now, of course, Simone, anyone listening to this, I'm sure will have heard about this because we've been banging on about it on social media for the past few days. But why shouldn't we? I feel dead proud. Do you know what? I think we have to practice what we preach. We spend, our, you know, I spend my whole time talking about people should high five themselves, you know, celebrate themselves as a role model, showcase and shout to the world about the success. So I, it was such a, an amazing surprise to get the WhatsApp message off you to go, guess what, lady? And I am, I'm thrilled. And look at who we're up against. I know. You know <laughs> the Times, Jazz FM, The Economist, just them little people, you know? So I'm, I am. I'm absolutely chuffed to bits and couldn't do it without my fabulous producer. Well, of course I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you know what? I am thrilled. It's it's such a a very, very, very difficult awards to be recognised in because you are up against the big hitters like all the major newspapers and all the major broadcasters like, you know, The Guardian's in there, ITV's in there, the BBC, of course, is in there, Channel 4. Anyone and everyone who have got ridiculous budgets to throw at things are in there. So I am very proud that our little podcast is in there and thank you so much for listening because without you listening and your feedback we wouldn't be where we are today so yeah dead chuffed I know, and two of your podcasts, your uh, uh, Game Changers, which is brilliant. I love that podcast that you produce. And also your very own Desert Diaries, which you launched a year ago now, didn't you? When you travelled to that, the, that Arizona, Arizona. Oh, my goodness. Arizona. <laughs> I'm still celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know, the Game Changers is a, is a podcast all about fearless women in sport that I make with a brilliant woman called Sue Anstis. And she talks to some of the game-changing women who are really really paved the way for women's sport so that's a fantastic really empowering project to be part of as well so chuff for that and yes my little story my desert diaries which um as you said when I moved to America and made the most terrifying decision of my life to throw everything up in the air and move to America I thought you know what I work in audio I really should keep an audio diary of this and it has been one heck of a year one heck of a roller coaster and just to be nominated up you know I'm in the same category as George Ezra and Giles Brandreth. It seems utterly surreal, but 
thank you so much. And please listen to the podcast. Give us a rating because, do you know, I know everyone always bangs on, don't they? Whenever you listen to a podcast, they go, leave us a review or a rating. But when we've got no budget, as many have, to spend zillions on marketing, leaving a review, leaving a little rating makes a huge, huge difference in other people being able to find us. So thank you so much. I know it's a faff, but just giving that couple of minutes of your time really makes a difference. So really appreciate you. Oh, should we have a lie down now? Oh, we should, we should. And you talked about roller coasters. And one of the things that I've been gathering this week is some of the the new language that we're using. And we hosted a brilliant webinar with uh, Lara Morgan, a mentor of mine, a, a real kick-ass entrepreneur. And she was talking about the, the Corona coaster. <laughs> Stuck That's with me all week. Brilliant. <laughs> you know, so how has your Corona coaster been this week? <laughs> Well, do you know this week, and I, I know last week was was Mental Health Awareness Week, and I had a few days where I felt like I was wading through treacle. I felt everything was an effort, even sorting my inbox out. And I'm someone who is a very self-motivated person. I do work to my own deadlines and I work very efficiently. And, and, and so in a way, I've been able to sort of propel my way through this isolation. So to have a couple of days where... It felt a monumental effort to get anything done, really knocked me for six. And I think a lot of it was down to uncertainty. And I know none of us really know what's going to happen in the future with our lives anyway. We kind of like to think we can plan them. But I think for me, being someone who did decide to leave England for a few years and, and go off on this adventure... The last week for me, as as lockdown started to ease a little and people were able to go and see their families or they were starting to go back into the office, I thought, well, when am I going to see my friends from England again? Mm -hmm. When am I going to see my mum and dad again? I, I genuinely don't know because everyone's a big plane ride away. Will there be airlines? Will we be able to afford to get on a plane? They're talking about social distancing airlines where you're going to have to pay for three seats, you know, the <gasps> equivalent of, because you're going to need that space to be able to be safe. And I thought, well, how, how are we as a family going to be able to fly back and see my dad in Manchester? So I think a bit of that un- uncertainty and anxiety coupled with just the huge pressure we are all still under in lockdown takes its toll sometimes so I gave myself a break went to bed and watched some Shits Creek on Netflix and I thought there you go <laughs> there's my therapy <laughs> and, but I think you're right I think we're all starting we've been very much living by sort of the statistics and the science and yeah. the facts and then all of a sudden it's about you know it's okay talking about that wider outside norm and the business norm and and that. I think as people are looking at the summer and, and I'm not sure we, we've got a summer holidays this year although I have seen Greece and Italy going hell for leather on on promoting you know really? sort of their their destinations but like you it's it's not just about could I sit on a plane right now can I afford to do it because mm. when those flights come out you can imagine they're struggling the airlines are one of the you know the hardest hit industries as well so they've equally got to work out how they can afford to run those airlines and so you know those prices are going to go up and so I think everything's being rethought isn't it so but this is where we have to get inventive isn't it this is where you know I'm not I'm still not wanting to use the go back to the way it was or back to basics I think we we just go forward with a new more inventive creative and mischievous approach I think is 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 what what we should be doing I think um so yeah who knows who knows I think we might be Holiday on, on Lady Isabella there for are, the foreseeable future. Well, there you go. There are worse places to be, isn't there? I mean, it's so beautiful around the whole Albert Dock area and that whole area of the docks in Liverpool are beautiful. 
And, you know, I know that you love, absolutely love living where you live and I love living where I live. I, I wanted to, though, kind of just almost give a bit of a nod of recognition. I know a lot of parents this week have been feeling very anxious because there is talk of schools going back. Now, I know that obviously it's half term in the UK this week. Schools in Arizona actually broke up last week. So my girls are out now. My girls are out until August. And that's when they go back to school in August, if indeed school is back in August. But I've been watching a lot of, um, you know, reaction on the UK news and hearing from friends. And there is a lot of anxiety around people releasing their kids back to school now and thinking, is it the right thing to do? And it'd be really interesting to hear from from you, the listener. You know, if you've got children, how do you feel about them going back to school potentially on June the 1st? Is it something you're thinking, oh, thank goodness, yes, they need to get about and back in with their friends and a bit more structure in their lives? Or are you concerned about them being exposed to lots of other families? And this is a whole bed of anxiety again, isn't it? I think it is. And the, the, um, the mayor of Liverpool has said absolutely not. They, they should not be going back in June and, you know, making a stand that they will go back in September. So mm. I think this is and I think this is where you, 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 the devolution factor will come in as well. I think as people look at their own numbers uh, or, or sorry, not as people, as the, the leaders are looking at their own the R number in each yeah. of the, the regions, I think that's I think that's where the science has to come back into play as well, doesn't it? Because. I know one of my team, she's got three, uh, three youngins and, you know, what, it's a big decision, isn't it, to make with a, a six and 11 and a 14 year old, um, yeah. what that's going to look like. And do I want to send my, my child off to do that? Cause actually we're in a routine now. It's a bit hairy at times, but mm. you know, do I want to send them back into school? So I think there's some, and I think we're, we're literally only a, a week away, aren't we from yeah. the proposed date to go back. So it's interesting, but on your side, you know, I, I remember when you went, over last year you moved as as you went into that summer season and I know you have these summer clubs and summer schools and stuff like that that's not there that's so what you know what will what will you do what's your new norm over the next few months with with the girls well as I work for I mean it's it's hard it's hard now because there is a yawning chasm of summer vacation here in the states and the kids do tend to go off to boys and girls clubs as they're called which like massive youth centers they're not open. I wouldn't feel comfortable about them going into a room with 300 other kids anyway, which they did last year. So similarly, last year, I took them to the cinema a lot. Can't do that. I took them to the water park a lot. They're also closed down. So it is going to be a challenge of trying to now keep them occupied and not just let them sit on screens all day for the next two months. My daughter's both their sort of uh, after school clubs are reopening. So my youngest does horse riding. That's been reopened. I feel... I feel better about her going to that because it is an outside activity and they've got fantastic precautions in place where there's lots of, um, you know, temperature taking and masks and gloves going on. My other daughter does a drama club. Now, they've said they are open from the 1st of June to go back. She's 12 and she's really anxious about going back. And I need to sit down Mm. and talk with her and say, look, if you don't want to go back because you don't feel it's the right time for you, you do not have to do it. She's then worried about missing out. So I think it's, it's hard for a lot of people now to know what the right decision is. And I'd say just give yourself a break. Give yourself time. Don't rush into any decision is all we can really do. Yeah, we said that about a lot of things throughout this whole new world, haven't we? Yeah. You know, don't beat yourself up. You know, I think you've got to just stop, reflect, and as we said before, we're we're making a new path now. So we've got to we've got to make those decisions as we come along, but take that time to reflect as we go. Hundred percent, yes. 
Yeah, actually, one of the we've had some uh, question on Twitter, which is a shout out to the Northern Power Women community from Safina Nadim, one of our, our future list. And it was I'm asking for a friend. But what happens is somebody has taken my idea. I came up with this great thing, as people do during this time, this, mm. this great innovation. But someone's taken the idea. What do I do? And literally the thread has been, you know, full with, you know, well, actually it's that flattery is the best form of, you know, imitation, give them a phone, you know, call them out. You know, what would you do? You know, so you've just, so say somebody suddenly comes up and creates cactus diaries. (laughs) Well, that happened to me a lot in radio. And I remember I had a really, really successful feature when I was on commercial radio and I was on Key 103 in Manchester and I had a feature called The Movie Moment where I would read out a scene from a film and people would guess. And it was great and people loved it and they went berserk for it. It was about a year or so later and I was on a different radio radio station one of the other presenters on that station started doing exactly the same feature in fact on a radio station close to where you live Simone I shall name no names <laughs> and then they everyone was saying how great this feature was. and I knew this person and I called them out and said wait a minute I've been doing this for years what are you doing and they just denied that oh no mine's different no 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 it's not the same at all and it's frustrating because you think haven't you even got any originality in your body seriously but what do you do I think, as as a lot of people have said on Twitter, you think, well, there you go. It shows that I come up with great ideas and I will come up with another great idea then, won't I? That's exactly my view. You know, you're an innovator anyway. You're doing great stuff. You know what? That's probably had its time. You've already gone three steps ahead of that. So get your trainers on, take a big leap and crack on. <laughs> so frustrating, though, isn't it? Can we also have a moment? Of- yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, well, that's what happened. That when everyone comes up with those ideas. Everyone, you know, thinks, oh, gosh, why couldn't I have invented Uber? Or why couldn't yes. I have invented the concept of that is going to happen through through this crisis, isn't it? You know, we think, gosh, why didn't I? Th- I in fact, we spoke about that on a, on a virtual dinner party when we'd had a few bottles of wine. But, <laughs> you know, three weeks later, you're like, that, that was my idea. But you know what? You either got to crack on and do something about it or it's just a talking shop isn't it exactly 100% which brings us lovingly on I think Simone Roche to having some life lessons we do this on every single episode there are some amazing female and male leaders who get in touch and share their life lessons with us and this week it's a woman who I've got a huge amount of time for loads of respect for she's the amazing Sarah Waddington Oh, I love Sarah. Sarah heads up the Astute PR agency. But not only that, she has been rallying the call over in the Northeast around the recovery and the contingency efforts out there. So she is one woman that has got many lessons to share as well as she's spinning all these plates. Here you go, Sarah. I'm Sarah Waddington. I'm the owner of an agency called Astute.Work and I'm also the founder and editor of Future Proof. I've been asked to answer some questions based on life lessons, so here we go. Tell us about an important role model in your life. Well, that one's easy. It has to be my mum. My mum was a single parent, and uh, for quite a lot of my teenage years, we didn't have very much money, but she was massively resilient, held down a full-time job and looked after us all, and um, she's just an inspiration, basically. One piece of advice that has really stuck with me, oh, well, I have a favourite quote that um, I like to keep and look at on Instagram, and that's, she silently stepped out of the race that she never wanted to be in, found her own lane and proceeded to win. I mean, what a great life lesson that is. What advice would you pass on to someone starting their career today? 
oh that's easy just you do you be authentic if you follow your gut and you're doing something that you love and you're, you're being you and not trying to be some corporate persona you will absolutely rock it uh, and just make sure that you pay back uh, as people pay down to you as you're going up the career ladder pay back too when have I faced imposter syndrome and what did I do about it? <laughs> That's a good one. But um, basically, surely like everybody, I feel imposter syndrome almost every day. And what I do is I feel that fear. I then read up on whatever I'm doing and I do it anyway. When have you taken a risk and what happened? Well, uh, a big risk for me, or it felt so personally, was standing for presidency of the Chartered Institute of Public Relations, which took me well out of my comfort zone. But uh, lo and behold, I got elected and then did a three-year tenure as president-elect, president, and then past president, and um, I don't regret a thing. What difference did having a mentor make to you? Do you know what? I never really looked for a mentor, and um, I started to work with um, Stephen Warrington, who is now actually my husband, um, a long time back now, we're talking a good 10 years, and we were friends. And he became a business mentor to me and pushed me to diversify and then to actually develop a community that I now run called Future Proof, which is to help social mobility in the product relations industry. And um, if he hadn't pushed me to do that and to work hard at that and, and to, to develop it, I would never have done it. So it just shows you what you can achieve when you've got a good person behind you. The amazing Sarah Waddington, thank you so, so much. She, do you know what? Sarah's one of these people who sees opportunities in every single crisis. She's the person who brought out a whole range of COVID-19 podcasts during this really difficult time with one of her clients. She's someone who is very good at adapting and changing. And so thank you so much for those lessons. And if you'd love to share your life lessons with us, get in touch. Send us an email, podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. And we'll tell you everything you need to do. It's dead easy. It'll take you five minutes and you'll be a great inspiration. So thank you. Um, Simone, normally at this time we have jigsaw update and ironing update, but I've got another <laughs> update I'd like to share with you if I can this week. Please do. Bread update. Bread? Bread update. Now, I know you don't eat bread. Yeah, I've always been a- absolutely amazed at your fantastic willpower when it comes to lovely sarnies when I've been at a buffet with you and I've been shoving them down my neck and you've gone, no, 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 <laughs> bread for me. But um, I avoided doing the whole lockdown, let's make sourdough for the first sort of six weeks or so, mainly because I couldn't find any flour. <laughs> but then I did find some flour and um, lovely, wonderful Louis Triano, who's a Stockport paste baker. You might remember him from the Great British Bake Off. He's fabulous. Finding him on Twitter. It's L-U-I-S, Louis Triano. He has posted the most superb recipes during lockdown for bread. And last week, I made a treacle and seed loaf, which my children ate without butter. (laughs) Hot out of the oven. It was so delicious and so easy. And his recipes are really like a Fisher-Price level of recipe. You do not need to be skilled to follow them. He's brilliant, brilliant at sort of explaining what to do. And then also last week, I made a walnut and beer loaf. Hello. Which I set to prove, fell asleep, Woke up at six o'clock the next morning to find my husband had just put it in the oven, not pummeling down after being... So we had this sort of brick-like loaf, which came out. Guess what? It still tasted really nice. <laughs> well, so, so you're feeding your children treacle and beer. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's the stage of lockdown we're at, Simone. Absolutely. But check him out. Louis Triano on Twitter. He's absolutely brilliant and a lovely, lovely man as well. Proper northerner as well. Now, and now my stomach is rumbling even though I don't eat bread. 
So, yeah, I need to go and get myself some kind of fine cracker instead of my bread. <laughs> I'll pop some in a jiffy bag for you. Simone, as ever, brilliant to talk to you. We'll catch up next week. See you next week. So there we go for another week of the Northern Power Women podcast. Please get in touch with any tales or stories or questions you would like to share. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. The next episode will be here for you on Can You Believe It? Monday, June the 1st. Until then, I'm Sam Walker and the Northern Power Women podcast is a What Goes On Media production. Listener.